going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you are doing well. I certainly appreciate all of your continued support for all that we're doing here on The Faction. So shout out to you for all that you're doing. We absolutely appreciate you. Thank you for following us, and if you're not doing that on the socials, you can feel free to do that now at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, you can find us right here where you're listening to us. Go ahead and click that subscribe button for those who've done that. Thank you so much. If you haven't done it, go ahead and do that now. And if you're brand new, welcome aboard. We are honored and privileged to have you here with us. With that said, it's time to dig into quite a bit of wrestling news. Let's start back with Friday and Friday Night Smackdown. As the ratings for the go-home show for WrestleMania Backlash, Friday Night SmackDown brought in 1.8 million viewers, which is down a whopping 350,000 viewers from the previous week. That's kind of scary because as this number has held, it is the second lowest viewer number ever for SmackDown on Fox. That is never a good sign going into a pay-per-view And I've got to tell you, I think SmackDown, uh, in terms of storytelling, has done a much, much better job than Monday Night Raw. And that, of course, led us into WrestleMania Backlash, which was this past Sunday. Again, there are going to be spoilers that I'm going to share. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want spoilers, go ahead and hit the pause button. If you're not worried about it, feel free to proceed. With that said, some interesting developments coming out of Backlash. One title change to report as Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic defeat the Dirty Dogs to become the brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, becoming the first ever father-son duo to win the Tag Team Championships in WWE. Certainly it's a significant moment and I don't want to take anything away from it. My own thought is, I think And I hate to say this, but there are certain moments where WWE gets to create history and they look to do it because that matters to them. Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio becoming tag team champions. Certainly it's great for the history books. I don't know that they're the best tag team on SmackDown. I think it's still way early for Dominic to be a champion. I'm not fully convinced that he's championship material at this stage of his career. But that's why they don't ask me. They make their own decisions. So congratulations to Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Speaking of new champions, we have new women's tag team champions. That actually happened on SmackDown as Tamina and Natalya win the tag team titles by defeating Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I got to say there was a lot of emotion connected to this match. And there are parts of me that wonders why this match did not happen on the pay-per-view. I was in a discussion with one of my friends uh, about AEW's Blood and Guts. And the question was asked, well, I wish they had saved Blood and Guts for the pay-per-view. And my response to them was, AEW certainly has more eyes on its Dynamite product than it does on its pay-per-view product. Dynamite, of course, brings in an average of about a million viewers weekly now that the Wednesday Night War is over. Their pay-per-view numbers are more like 100,000 buys. So if you can get 10 times the audience, makes sense to do. Now, one would argue then why even have a pay-per-view? Well, you have a pay-per-view obviously to bring in revenue, 
And the fact of the matter is, since AEW has not toured in over a year, certainly that pay-per-view revenue will speak volumes. Now, of course, they're doing great merch and the like on their website and things of that nature. But again, you kind of need the money. So I say all of that to say when you ask the question, which I would ask, why is Tamina and Natalia, why are they winning the tag titles on an episode of SmackDown versus WrestleMania Backlash? Well, clearly there is more effort put into SmackDown. Uh, I will say we don't have numbers as of yet in terms of how many folks viewed WrestleMania Backlash on Peacock. Certainly based on what some of you guys said on the social, some of you even forgot that WrestleMania Backlash was even happening so there's a lot to be said for that and I will say that certainly a Wrestlemania pay-per-view is different than an ancillary pay-per-view that's not one of the big five so we can make all kinds of determinations about it and think about it this way this coming Friday there is an intercontinental title match a fatal four-way between Apollo Crews Big E Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn certainly should be a fantastic match, but it definitely looks like there's more effort being put into SmackDown ratings, and I think I understand it. SmackDown is on network television. You need big ratings for SmackDown for certainly things to be continued, and you want more people to see it, and certainly you need to have a big, big show for SmackDown, so I get it. I don't think it's a moment lost. Uh, The WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view, I don't think is uh, one of the super popular pay-per-views in the WWE calendar. So no harm, no foul. Plus, what I will say, which I think is of great importance, is WWE has done a much better job of shortening their pay-per-views, especially in this pandemic era of wrestling where there is no live in-person audience. We don't need a four-hour presentation of Backlash. So we got a three-hour Backlash, which worked just fine. And again, other matches can happen in other spaces as we were able to see. So congratulations to them. One of the other big talking points, I have to say, the title matches by and large were really, really good. The WWE title match, the triple threat match was fantastic. The Raw women's title match was great. I enjoyed the SmackDown women's title match as well. And of course, the emotion connected to what Roman Reigns and Cesaro did for the Universal title is fantastic. Let me just take a moment To speak well of Roman Reigns, is this not the best version of Roman Reigns we have ever had? Better than his time in the Shield, better than his time in a solo situation prior to the pandemic. This is just great, great stuff that we're getting from him. I feel completely invested in this story involving the bloodline. Which way is Jimmy Uso going to go? I just it just it just appeals to me. I want to see Roman Reigns on our screen. And it's not solely because of the heel turn. It has everything to do with the level of confidence he's walking in, the way he has literally reshaped his presentation. It's amazing. And so, as I've said before, I don't see anybody anytime soon taking the strap off of Roman legit Roman could hold the Universal Championship through WrestleMania of next year. And I don't see anybody on Raw or SmackDown at the moment who's really ready to make that challenge. So congratulations go out to Roman Reigns and uh, really what I thought, by and large, a solid in-ring presentation for the pay-per-view as a whole. With that said, 
The internet has been on fire with what happened in the lumberjack match between The Miz and Damian Priest. So let me throw my two cents in the hat here. First of all, and I'm going to tell you guys exclusively this on the podcast. When I started to watch Backlash, it was late Sunday night because I had some other things going on. When I started watching it, I fell asleep because it was just late at night. I literally woke up to zombies around the ring as lumberjacks. I literally thought I was dreaming. I did not think that that's what I actually saw. And it looked like a video game more than an actual pay-per-view as the screens turned from the audience to just this zombie apocalypse look. It was just weird and strange. So I actually thought I was dreaming until I woke up Monday morning, watched the pay-per-view again, and went, Holy cow, this really happened. The WWE really pulled out zombies for Lumberjacks in an attempt to cross-promote the brand new film from Batista. Now, let me just say this. I thought it was plenty that Batista ended up doing the opening voiceover to introduce the pay-per-view. I thought that was cool. Great situation in terms of co-branding. I'm totally cool with the commercials, some of which made no sense because it spliced in WWE action and there was really no connection between that and the actual movie itself. But zombies around the ring? Oh, Vince, WWE. What exactly are we doing here? Like, zombie... I... I I can't, yeah, I can't. I think there's a separate hot take I'm gonna do on this because it is worthy of its own separate hot take. I will say that clearly they heard from the fans because last night on Monday Night Raw, there was another lumberjack match and this one actually involved real human beings and we didn't have to stretch our imagination for the undead, which how would the undead slash the zombies know what to do in a lumberjack match and even better what happens to the Miz now it certainly seemed at the end of that match he was eaten consumed what have you by the zombie I uh, sometimes the WWE tends to take it a little far and strangely enough we've seen some of their far stretches during this pandemic era of wrestling let's go back to a few months ago where the fiend was burned alive in in a in an inferno match or further back when Rey Mysterio lost his eyeball right like what are we doing WWE and of course there were folks from WWE who said that the blood and guts match from AEW set the business back 30 years I don't know how far back this set the business I think certainly you know no it didn't take the business back 30 or 40 years but it did take us back to an era of wrestling that I don't want to revisit. I don't want to see Mantar, and I don't want to see Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, and I don't want to see Zeus. Like, I don't want to see this type of stuff. And I feel like WWE gave us that and wanted us to accept it just to cross-promote this movie. And if that's what we got to do, then maybe we need to rethink uh, who our sponsors are because that's just a very bad look. At least 
from a continuity perspective, I can give WWE a couple of points because Miz was not on Raw last night. If he showed up on Raw, which I fully expected, God only knows. But here's the reality of it. When do we see Miz again? And when we see him, does he come back as a zombie? Is he mortally wounded? I don't, it just, where do you go after this, right? Not my decision to make again. I'm not booking the territory. But if I were, we would have never seen zombies as lumberjacks. We never even got an explanation of how we got zombies into the building, right? Like, how'd that happen? And if my memory serves me correctly, Damian Priest won a match to determine the stipulation for this, and the stipulation was a lumberjack. So did he bring in zombies to be lumberjacks? And if he did, why did he end up fighting them? You get what I'm saying, right? This rabbit trail goes way too far. Anyway, there will be a separate, I think, <laughs> hot take on that and that alone. With that said, a little bit of sad news to report. One of the things that we found out over the weekend is former member of ECW, Jerome Young, known to the world as New Jack, one half of the tag team known as the Gangsters. He passed away this past Friday at age 58. It certainly seemed like crazy news, to be perfectly honest with you, because given the career of New Jack, I don't think anybody actually thought New Jack could die. Like, I certainly didn't think that was possible. He certainly came to fame during his time with ECW uh, as part of the tag team known as the Gangsters, and uh, that team was quite intriguing he was a subject of last season's dark side of the ring where we got more information about the infamous mass transit incident that happened he also performed in the uswa smoky mountain wrestling xpw and he spent some time in tna as well not necessarily known as a champion but very much known for his hardcore style new jack certainly made an indelible imprint in the world of pro wrestling one that will not soon be forgotten. I'm actually quite amazed to see that New Jack's passing was covered on WWE.com and on all of the major news outlets, including CNN as well. So that should speak volumes to the impact of New Jack. Certainly our thoughts and prayers are with his family, his children, his wife, and all who were fans of New Jack, who died of a heart attack over the weekend at age 58 still i think way too young to pass away well with that said we're going to get out of here folks uh, certainly i hope you have an amazing day be sure to check out nxt tonight as a big card is planned including a cage match for the north american championship as johnny gargano defends against bronson reed it should be an amazing match also if you're rocking with fight tv you can check out NWA Power tonight on Fight TV at 6.05 p.m. Eastern. AEW Dark premieres at 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And of course, you can check out SHW 27, which is airing right now on independentwrestling.tv. You can go to independentwrestling.tv. Go ahead and get a subscription. It's only $10 a month. If you use SHW as the promo code, you'll get your first five days for free. Check out what the Independent Wrestling World is talking about. I am so proud of the product we're producing at Southern Honor Wrestling. So by all means, 
check it out. Let me know that you did. And I want to hear what you think about us on commentary as well. All right, we're going to get out of here. Absolutely hope you guys have an incredible day. And until next time, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day. I need my people. Here we go.